It's August 28th, 2019, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Kate Matayoshi from Accelerate, Accelerate Hawaii. And of course, uh, she's here to tell us about an upcoming talk on uh, called Bank on It. And of course, then we have Governor David Ige. We have the state CIO, Doug Murdoch, and HPU Associate Professor Stuart Crawford. And they're all here to tell us about the upcoming Hawaii Annual Code Challenge. But first up, I want to welcome Kate Matayoshi, who, uh, who is here from Accelerate HI and also Sultan Ventures. And she will tell us about this uh, upcoming, uh, I don't know, workshop, uh, meetup called Bank on It. Now, it's an interesting uh, concept, but uh, welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you, Bird. I'm happy to be here. And Kate, you know, you can also say what your previous last name was. Uh, my, so it's still my name, right? I just pushed it to the middle name, so Bird doesn't have too much trouble actually uh, <laughs> introducing me. But my full name is uh, Katarina Poliakova Mateoshi. Oh, very good, because you know I, I think a lot of people know you from your previous name, and I didn't want to you know fool people like thinking, "Who, well, who is this?" Kid? <laughs> so tell us, tell us. Uh, well, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, um, Accelerate HI and uh, you know what it has in store for us. Yeah, definitely. So this upcoming workshop, as you mentioned, Bank On It, mm-hmm. is brought to you by Accelerate Hawaii, where our team is working with entrepreneurs and innovators to uh, build viable businesses here in Hawaii by giving them access and connection to uh, resources, expertise, as well as our network, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this upcoming workshop is actually part of the um, our workshop series called Get Money, which is a multi-pite series showcasing various funding options for entrepreneurs, including venture and angel funding, grants, crowdfunding, as well as banking, right? Well, and, and, you know, banking is probably like the most conventional means of of getting money. And, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, what would you have to do to actually go to a bank and convince them that you should get a loan? And is that something that might be covered at this? Yeah, uh, definitely. That's exactly what it is. So we actually are bringing in an uh, industry veteran, Dennis Wong, who is currently a senior business advisor at the Hawaii Small Business Development Center. Mm -hmm. And he has around like four decades in finance industry, including like uh, multiple uh, senior positions at local banks. So he he knows a thing or two about uh, bank loans, right? So therefore, this workshop, what you learn is, um, you know, like the current business climate and what it means to you, how to optimize your business plan and loan application, uh, what are the top five things bankers look for when qualifying for loans, as well as what are the major pitfalls that you can easily avoid, right? So it's meant to provide like actionable advice for the people that are looking to take that first step to go into a bank and have everything lined up that they can be, you know, one of those top 20% of the small businesses that get actually approved for a loan. Now, in terms of the banks that you've been working with, I mean, are they a little bit more receptive to providing bank loans, especially to startups? Because what banks want is they want some guarantee that, you know, that their money can be, uh, uh, I guess, paid back, basically, right? So they're looking for collateral or they're looking for some kind of steady stream of revenue. But if you're a startup, I mean, it's a little bit early stage and and oftentimes you know there's it's, it's more of a higher risk so have you seen banks take a little bit more chance with some of the startups 
Uh, yeah, definitely. Actually, we've been working with uh, specifically with uh, Rich Wacker from mm-hmm. American Savings Bank, and they're starting to warming up to um, you know actually accepting or helping uh, startup founders to actually get this business loans to expand their businesses. Right? Mm-hmm. There's still you know we, I would say it's still pretty early. However, you know you see that the banks are taking the step in the right direction to actually supporting the entrepreneurs uh, and innovators in the community as well, which are potentially a little bit on the earlier side. Well, and, you know, obviously the, the, the major banks that we have, uh, American Savings, you have, you know, Central Pacific Bank, Bank of Hawaii, First Hawaiian Bank. I mean, they're very yeah. familiar with all the startup activities that are going on, you know, from, you know, from Mana up to Blue Startups. But uh, so good. It's, they're, they're warming up to, I guess, the, the ecosystem. Yeah. And as you mentioned, like all of these banks, um, you know, or representatives from the banks, you can see them in the community and getting to know uh, local entrepreneurs and getting more integrated in a community. Right. So I think like that next steps is actually being able to support them from, you know, the banking perspective as mm-hmm. well. Right. So you have a banking uh, seminar coming up. When is this going to be? So this one is going to be actually tomorrow at our office in downtown Honolulu mm-hmm. in Pioneer Plaza. And uh, we will start at uh, 5 p.m. and it will go to like 6.30 p.m. with potentially some networking that you can get with uh, the, the attendees as well as with the speakers. And then you have a series of these coming up. So when would be the next one after that? Yeah. So in the series, um, actually, we have next Tuesday, we have a talk story with um, um, Mitchell... Uh, from uh, HP Tech Ventures. He mm-hmm. will be actually covering, um, you know, what do you need to do in order to get, um, you know, the corporate venture capital firm to, um, you know, to engage with your startup and what that means and what are they expecting, as well as what it is to engage with, like, a typical VC, not a corporate side. Um, that will be next Tuesday during lunch, so 12 o'clock to one thirty at our office at Pioneer Plaza as well. Okay, very good. So where can people sign up or learn more about some of the series of uh, workshops you got? Yeah, so uh, you can uh, people can sign up on our website, which is xlr8hi.com. And uh, as well as for everybody, you know, uh, if you would like to get a slightest discount, we'll make sure to sign up for our membership options that we have. And it's not just we don't offer just discounts for the classes or the events, awesome classes and events that we have. However, uh, you will get access to all the resources that um, Hawaii's Entrepreneurship Center actually offers. Very good. Well, thanks, Kate, for joining us. Thank you, Bird. Pleasure course, to be we'll here. Take, and we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by the Governor David Ige and, of course, State CIO Doug Murdoch and HPU Associate Professor Stuart Crawford. We'll talk about the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. In the morning, I have my juice, my toast, and the BBC. In the evenings, especially Saturdays and Sundays, I I like Seth Marcos' show. Um, I love American Roots. If I'm in the mood for classical music, again, I can just push the other button and listen to it. If I'm driving, it seems like whatever's on is good. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm, uh, of course, glad to welcome Governor David Ige. We have the State Chief Information Officer, Doug Murdoch, and HPU Associate Professor of Computer Science, Stuart Crawford. 
And they're all here to tell us about the fourth Hawaii Annual Code Challenge. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Aloha. It's great to be here. Great to be here, Bert. Aloha, Bert. Well, it's great to have you all here in the studio, and I'm hoping that I can give you each some airtime. I want to start with the governor. Governor, this is a, a, you know, a hackathon that you came up with that started, uh, what, back in, what was it, uh, 2016? 16, yes. Yeah? Absolutely. So, so what was, uh, what was the, uh, the genesis of this idea? You know, the inspiration was that I was a, a judge in a private sector hackathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during the breaks, I was talking with uh, the CIO at that point, uh, Todd Nakapoi, and I said, you know, this is a terrific idea to have a hackathon for state government because it would really allow us to advance our IT and modernization agenda. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the I, I give you a lot of credit for, um, you know, having it consistently happen since that time. And now, now we're at the fourth one. And, and Doug, you know, this is a, kind of a new thing for you because you're coming into the, uh, the CIO role. Um, what have you learned? What have you learned about the Code Challenge so far? Well, I'm, I'm just really excited to see it happen and, and see all the people that are involved. I think it creates a real buzz in the tech community about what can be done. And uh, we're going to give people an opportunity to actually use the same tools that the state agency used to try and modernize this year. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that'll be a nice addition. It might give us um, more ability to take the things that are done in the hackathon and bring them actually right into government. Great. And, and Stuart, you know, I, I think uh, HPU has taken a more more active role in this, this whole code challenge. I mean, uh, from what I understand, you're also, HPU is also the fiscal sponsor of this. Well, not so much the fiscal sponsor, but we've worked on um, facilitating and fundraising and getting things going outside the particular lines of government offices. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. And then you're also involved with, uh, I mean, besides the fact that you're computer science, I mean, you have students that are involved. You have... I think you've taken on a, a more active role in terms of uh, um, actually looking at some of the projects that come out of this. Yeah. So over the course of the years, we had our students involved. Um, I wanted to get them involved. It's a great opportunity for them to see some projects that they can work on. And eventually we got them involved, integrated into our classes. And as as that happened, I got more involved in several of our my other professorial cohorts mm-hmm. um, at UH and at HPU and actually at Dev League as well, as well as judging the technical merit. So looking under the hood and making sure that things are reasonable and uh, working well. And mm-hmm. Now, now um, Governor, in, in terms of the code challenge, and, and this has gone on for uh, the, the three years, you've seen it evolve. Uh, you know, when, when we first started we really solicited the uh, the departments to come up with some ideas, and they were pretty. They were they were pretty all over all the place, over the right? place. So how how has it changed uh, since then? Well, I th- I think it. Um, you know, if you go back to the very beginning, you know, we had uh, three objectives when we started the hackathon. You know, first is really how can we support the the coding, the the hacks, the the business development, software development community. Mm-hmm. How can we get people excited? And you know, Stuart and HBU has been a real uh, important part of that. How do we get the students involved in understanding in a high pressure situation how they can do real applications that uh, serve a purpose? So, second second objective was really to change the culture in state government. How can we get them to 
um, be more open and embracing to the development community here in the islands? How can we change their mindset? You know, I'm trying to change the culture in state government to really stop relying so much on external consultants and really trying to build capacity internally so that they have a better understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, and and the third was really how can we serve the public better, you know, in community engagement and public engagement in state government. But really, um, how can we use technology so that we can do more for less, which is what the taxpayer really wants to see. Um, And getting the departments to really uh, change their mindset and be open to talk about the challenges they have, uh, to be able to work with the development community to um, discuss and refine different applications that they might be working on. Uh, and then I think most importantly, you know, to become comfortable mm-hmm. with um, these targeted um, development projects. You know, it really, um, I've seen a tremendous difference. You know, the first year we had to actively go out to talk to the agencies and try and recruit them and twist arms, that kind of stuff. But uh, those uh, departments and agencies that participated, you know, became our best advertisement because mm-hmm. they got so excited uh, for the engagement that they were thinking already at the end of the first, uh, what projects and what challenges can they put before the development community for the next cycle. Uh, and it's really grown each and every year. So, you know, I'm excited for a lot of different reasons. You know, we're getting more students. The agencies are are getting more excited. Uh, we actually do get um, some products that help us be more efficient as government, uh, and it really has changed the culture uh, in our agencies to be more uh, willing to engage the development community, more willing to look at technology projects to uh, make government more efficient and effective, and really use the the best tools to be outward facing and make uh, government data more accessible as well. I think the mere the mere fact that the you know government, uh, especially some of the departments that maybe don't normally interact with the the you know the, the private sector or the citizens and have that sort of interaction and collaboration I mean that in and of itself helps to not only for the, the the department to get an awareness but for those citizens to actually get an awareness of what happens in government absolutely you know I do think that there are benefits uh, both ways clearly our our uh, public servants and the agencies, um, feel more comfortable with engaging and inviting the, the the hacking community and the development community to be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, you know, allows them to think about how they should present these challenges and um, uh, in a way that the the public can understand and and more importantly get some a useful product out that allows them to be more efficient and effective. Mm-hmm. Now, Doug, you know, in uh, I know I know you this uh, was. Pr- before your time, but uh, last year the theme was sustainability, and and I know um, that's that's taken on a new a new sort of uh, shape, and, and I guess this year is kind of about resilience. Maybe can you share a little bit of your thoughts on what does that what does that mean? How do how do if I were a department that that wanted to do a pitch, how would I start to think about what does how would it fit in the category of resilience? 
So resilience for us really is going beyond sustainability and saying, you know, not only is what are things like in good times, but what would things be like in difficult times? So mm-hmm. when there's a storm coming, where can I find water as a supply or other supplies I might need in the storm? You know, if there's a doctor shortage, where can I find a doctor that has availability that can see me? So it's those more difficult challenges that you would have in a difficult time that we want to attack with the resiliency. Now, for for ETS's role, um, I mean, ETS's role is, is pretty much to kind of engage those departments. So are, are there particular people within ETS that are going out and, and sort of reaching out to the departments and, you know, getting some of their challenges? Right. We'll have outreach to the IT coordinators for each department and also to the business leaders in each department to encourage them to come forward with a challenge, mm-hmm. something that's very hard for them to solve uh, and something that maybe uses some of the tools that they have in place or data that they have in place. Mm-hmm. Because we want to mm-hmm. bring the the business processes that we have and the data that we have to the challenge to say, here's here's a problem and information that you can use to potentially solve it. Can you come up with a way to make the government run better? Well, no, I mean, that's, that's great to hear because it's really important that, you know, if the government has some kind of resource that the, the coders could get their hands on, I mean, that would help to better inform what that solution might be with actual data. Right, and we have some open data platforms. So we have data.hawaii.gov, and then we have an energy-related data platform mm-hmm, that's available mm-hmm. too. So there's a lot of data there that people can look at to try and solve the problem. Mm-hmm. I think previously, for example, somebody looked at one of our databases to, to look at agricultural sources to see where could they find different different kinds of products. Where's coffee being grown? Where's uh, chocolate being grown? Mm-hmm. You know, Where's lettuce being grown? And in that way... You know, they could use government information to solve a problem. Now, now, Governor, uh, over the course of the previous code challenges, are there applications that you remember that kind of kind of stand out and and uh, you know sort of uh, got your attention? Certainly, um, I you know I can talk about three very quickly. You know, the first year. Um, you know, we had a big challenge in corrections, and uh, you'd mm-hmm. be amazed that uh, they were trying to schedule visitations uh, into the correctional facility from family members, and they were using literally post-it notes. Uh, you know, and there's just a lot of coordination that goes involved when Bert Lum wants to visit um, someone in the prison. Then we have to make sure One of my that incarcerated friends. Yes, <laughs> you know that uh, there's a lot of checking and scheduling that needs to be done, and they were doing all of it manually mm-hmm. by uh, post-it notes. And um, I think the department was blown away by the quality of the the two or three apps um, that came back that really integrated cell phone usage, automatic notification, uh, better scheduling, and really opened their eyes to what. Um, a more efficient process for something that they felt was like insurmountable uh, using post-it notes and and telephone calls. Um, So it really opened their eyes. Um, You know, last year, the winner uh, really focused on um, um, measurement of energy and reducing energy at at the UH campuses. So, you know, it's one of those things that there's lots of data uh, available, but nobody's collecting it or nobody's looking at it or nobody's analyzing it. And so it, uh, the, the several teams that, um, worked on that project really 
uh, put together great dashboards, you know, ways of capturing the data, uh, summarizing it in a way that's more useful, and really, you know, helped us achieve the goal of being a zero carbon footprint for our university campuses by 2030. Uh, so those are the kinds of, of breakthroughs, I think, that are just really terrific and win-win for both the development community as well as the agencies. You know, do I, I do want to talk a little bit about what happens to some of these applications post-Code Challenge, but we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversations with Governor, Governor David Ige, State CIO Doug Murdoch, and HPU Professor Stuart Crawford about civic engagement and the code challenge. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, Haleakala Waldorf School and Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Governor David Ige, State CIO Doug Murdoch, and HPU Associate Professor Stuart Crawford about civic engagement and the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge. Right before the break, uh, Governor was telling us about some of the applications that sort of stood out and and actually got the attention of the judges uh, during the previous code challenges. And Governor, what do you what do you think? Um, where do these applications go post code challenge? Because I mean, they're great ideas. Yeah, certainly the first year was yeah. You know, just a, a great idea. We didn't know exactly how it worked, so we didn't really think about what came next. Uh, but as we looked at the quality of products and you know the way that the hackathon is structured to engage the development community over a longer period of time, we really got terrific products out uh, out of the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the question becomes, well, what do we do, or how do we incorporate it? You know. As you know, the state has this onerous procurement process and trying to figure out how we would be able to procure um, the products afterwards was just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think we've learned from that. We, we set better guidelines about who owns the intellectual property of the, of the pr- uh, projects that are um, um, offered. Uh, we've kind of gone through the process of how we could uh, incorporate um, a lot that was developed in the application um, of the hackathon uh, into kind of RFPs and informal requests so that we could formalize the procurement. You know, and then we continue to look at better ways that we can take these the, the work done uh, to uh, more efficiently incorporate it into our operations. You know, it's still not a perfect uh, connection. You know, I would love to have the opportunity to, to get you know, uh, a development that we could um, plug right into state government, but it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, and, you know, really, when you start to look at the design of a code challenge, uh, if the, you know, if the design were to actually come out with a uh, a finished product, then either either have more money to, to kind of continue to develop it or you have a, a process by which you could incorporate it into... Uh, you know the, the the state government processes, but I think in terms of the the design of the code challenge, I mean, if it's just a matter of having that civic engagement, having citizens and government really have an opportunity to interact with each other and innovate, ideate, you know, come up with some some cool ideas, I think that in and of itself is a, a worthy a worthy effort. 
Absolutely. You know, uh, we have, um, you know, I would consider all of the hackathons a success from uh, the very first to uh, the one that's coming up just because it has definitely changed the culture for the public servants inside state government, but it really uh, has improved the interaction and engagement with uh, our community, the development community explicitly, uh, but also, you know, some of these apps that have been developed, you know, allowed uh, different kinds of information that government controls to really uh, be more widely distributed mm-hmm, in, the, mm-hmm. in the public. And I, I do think that that has been um, a, a byproduct of the activities that we've done uh, each and every year. Now, now, Stuart, the co-challenge is not only open to adults and professionals in the community. I mean, this is also available for college students as well as high school students. How do you see, you know, sort of reaching out to the younger, the younger students to actually get involved with this? So at the college level, we, we tried to get students to, to volunteer to do some of these, but it's mm-hmm. always hard because they've got their normal student lives that they've got to take care of. But So one of the things we've done uh, in the university is to integrate that into some of our courses. So then these are projects that are developed as part of the teamwork, as part of the systems in software engineering that they would normally do in their curriculum. Um, some of the students at the high school level have been involved. Um, I guess they, they have heard of that. There's some organizations like the Computer Science Teachers Association, CSTA, mm-hmm. some of the organizations. The DOE is, is working on getting those things, so I'm sure they've been publicizing those things. And, um, well, we, we high-tech people kind of talk to each other. <laughs> well, you know, you know um, Philip Johnson from UH uh, was, was good at, uh, I think it was the second Code Challenge. He actually had the code challenge be a part of his class. And the, and the students had to come up with a project and actually finish that project uh, through that semester. Right, So even, right. you know, so it So that's what we're, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's if you make it part of the class, then the, that gets the students involved in their attention. But it's, it's a great thing. We want that in our, in some of our projects anyway, because how to, de- it's called agile development. And one of the ways that you start out is to do quick and dirty things. Um, one of the beauties of this code challenge is that it's a three-week one. Mm-hmm. Many um, hackathons are just 24 or 48 hours. But this one being longer gives the students actually a time to get into the project more and actually do some some more significant development than they would normally do in just a, a weekend of 24 hours not sleeping and trying to get something done. <laughs> Now, Governor, you're your good friend over at Waipahu High School, uh, Keith Hayashi. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, his you got to watch out for those Waipahu teams, you know, <laughs> well, because they they usually come in and there's like a A team, and they got their you know they got the younger teams coming in, and those guys are ringers. You know, absolutely. You know, it's great uh, to see the energy that our young people have. You know, Bert, I uh, self-taught myself machine language mm-hmm. in a high school student, and so. Uh, we know that the students, uh, even at the high school level, have the time and the interest to really become terrific developers. And, you know, I'm proud. Uh, we've embraced the notion of uh, computer science is really uh, re- should be a requirement in all of our public schools, actually K through 12. But it's perfect for the high school level. And we've been working with teachers uh, all across the state to um, train them so that they, uh, you know, we do have uh, computer science courses that they are 
uh, able to deliver to the students. But most importantly, you know, the kids are excited. I mean, I, you know, I still remember when I was a high school student and, and coding on my own without instruction. And, you know, kids have the time, you know, and mm-hmm. they want to, you know, they're excited to be able to do apps that they can have run on their phones and show their friends and, you know, and do all kinds of things. So it really has been a wonderful um I've been overwhelmed by the participation by high school students because it really, you know, is a demonstration of our teachers because we know that they have to work with the students. But most importantly, you know, it's about the students really taking on the challenge and and they've done very well. You know, we had um, some students from uh, Waipau High School who Mm -hmm. entered the open division uh, because you know one of their friends graduated, and but um, they did very well in in the adult open dis- division. No, no, Governor, what's the date for the kickoff? Certainly, the kickoff is October nineteenth, uh, Saturday. Okay, and where can people find out more information about the Code Challenge? Certainly, the website is hack h a c c dot hawaii dot gov. And of course, Governor David Ige is here. So is the state CIO, Doug Murdoch, and Professor Stuart Crawford from HPU. And I thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting us along. Aloha. It's been terrific uh, talking about something I love. Mahalo, Bert. And thank you for joining us, uh, for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about a 3D classroom called Hollow Campus. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Mm-hmm.